<clears throat> Hello once again, everybody, and welcome back to the Oklahoma Life Podcast. Uh, once again, my name is Brandon Hines, and across from me is my lovely wife. Hey, y'all, it's the Oklahoma wife, Vanessa, Vanessa Hines. And uh, real quick, uh, if you would, go ahead and check out our Patreon page, Oklahoma... Uh, it is patreon.com slash Oklahoma Life. Um, once again, we are going super after hours. Babies are in bed. Long day of work. Long day of putting up with children. And uh, today we're going to be talking about what hobbies we kind of have going on. And I say that very, very loosely. I think it's a uh, accumulation of projects left unfinished more than anything else. I take high offense to that. You should. <laughs> you absolutely should. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. So... You know, I was thinking about it when we were discussing what would be the best uh, route to go on this one, and we were going to talk about just, like, house plans as a whole, but really that becomes a hobby, right? Hmm. Right? So... I guess. Yeah. But it's... uh, uh, It's also, like, so... I mean, house plans are also so many other things, because it's also just improvement, improvement of quality of life. Right. It's for... For some of them, it's sustainability, you know, and and yes, hobby, but also you know, contributing to. Mm-hmm. You're struggling with this, I can see. So I'm struggling because I'm trying to not give away all the plans. Yeah, for sure. In so advance, we'll, we'll well, I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the uh, advanced plans. Is that. You know, we're looking at doing gardening pretty heavily. We're looking at trying to convert our rooms to the right ways that we want them. Like the kitchen, we want to get remodeled into, um, you know, a not nineteen oh, seventies kitchen. kitchen. Right. So let's talk. Let's talk hobbies first. Um, okay. And we'll lead off with you. So, over the years, you have had multiple different hobbies that I'm aware of. Um, but most recently, the one that's really stuck is sewing. Well. I actually started sewing 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my grandmother on my mom's side, my grandma Marty, quilts. And I always thought that was really cool. Uh, But, you know, I mean, as a kid, I never really got into it. I was under the age of 12 when she started quilting. I don't remember exactly how old I was. I think... It was around when I was six or seven when my great grandma passed away because she made me a my grandma Marty made me a quilt out of her some of her clothes. And I still have it. And so for me, quilting is really special it's a really special gift. Sure. And so I wanted to be able to do that for other people. So I my grandma Linda bought me a sewing machine from somebody that was getting rid of theirs and it had a lot of options and it was really cool and I made my first quilt without any (laughs) I cut it with scissors I didn't know about a rotary cutter then sure and I used a bunch of old scrub tops that I had and um and I just cut a bunch of triangles I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a plan because I didn't, I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. the internet. Story of your life. Yeah, story of my life. But the internet wasn't quite what it is now, you know, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so the same things that are available now. You mean back uh, when we graduated? Yeah, right after we graduated. Um, you know, on YouTube, the tutorials that you can find now weren't there. Are fantastic, yeah. You know, and things like that. And so... I just went with it. I was like, I'm just going to lay it out Mm -hmm. and figure it out. And so they weren't all even. And, you know, my seam allowances weren't all even. You know, how much much of a seam you have. Right. So anyway, but that's the first quilt that I made. And I made it for Zoe. So it's a star pattern. It's it's a kind of star pattern. So after you uh, got kind of done doing the whole, uh, you know, quilting thing, you kind of transitioned into you know dating me which is a terrible decision <laughs> uh, um, no that but was you a didn't long time sew. ago i know but you didn't actually sew anything for a long time you didn't really become serious in the hobby until probably what four years ago five years ago now uh hmm because i mean you went from so, just basic level stuff to now like 
I did a lot more. Yeah. So I definitely did a lot more basic stuff and I, I mostly did quilting and, uh, I made a blanket for my grandma, Linda, a two sided, really big, mm-hmm. heavy blanket yeah, that, that she one. used for 10, more than 10 years because I made it before you and I had been together. Right. And so she loved that thing. And, uh, that was a really sucky project because both of those fabrics were just horrible to work with. Yeah, I bet because they were super furry and everything else. Yeah, they yeah. were super furry and it was, you know, they were super slippery and it, but she loved it and it was worth it. So, yeah. but I, I quilted off and on just for, you know, for the last 15 years. And then two years ago this summer, mm-hmm. I started sewing clothing right which is now your like which is now my thing yeah which is this entire room yeah so brandon is currently looking around the room right now yeah. and all of my fabric how how deep she went into this this rabbit hole but it's not i mean it's not a bad rabbit hole because i sure actively do things right. i mean i generally do it i would say generally speaking at least a, a project a week and i don't I don't really, with this, I don't really have a bunch of like unfinished projects laying sure. around. You know, this well, is, well. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have, I have one that's in progress. Okay. I have two projects that are in progress. As two, she's looking around trying to verify two that. Two <laughs> clothing projects that I can see so, that are in progress. Right, right. So what I say that is, And then I have a quilt I mean, that's in though. progress that's a gift. Right. Here's what I mean by but that. But that's it. Though. Like... When you say in progress, I guess there's a certain point to that because you do have this habit of like, oh, I'm going to buy this fabric so I can do this. Well, okay. Right? Or you print well, out hold these on. patterns and stop. go, so I can do this. Well, stop. Okay. So the patterns, I, so you have the option. Okay. So there are a couple options for patterns. Mm-hmm. You have the paper patterns that you can buy at the store. Right. And then you have the PDF patterns that you buy on the internet and sure. print out. Which those are my preference. I like to get those printed in bulk because it's cheaper. Sure. At one time on thirty six by forty eight inch paper. Right. Because then it's my master copy, and then I can do tissue. Pa- I can trace onto tissue paper right. and have multiple sizes off of that same piece, and so then I keep them stored. I've reused some of those multiple right. times. But I would ask the question: How many have you not used? I don't. I don't know. Probably a lot. Okay. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> but then I have a lot of fabric that's here on the shelves, mm-hmm. ready to be used. Yes. It's, some of it is folded really nicely. Some of it is still waiting in bins to be folded nicely. But everything that's sure. on the shelves at least started out folded nicely. So the thing about having a variety of fabric in varying quantities, I tend to buy if it's something that I like a lot, I tend to buy four yards at a time now because a good maxi dress will be four yards of fabric for my size okay. currently. So, um, so I guess here's the thing though: the difference in in theory. Well, hold on though. I know. I understand. No, 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 you don't understand yet. I'm not done. <laughs> the reason that it's important to have a variety of fabrics is because I've started testing patterns. Sure. So I test patterns regularly for one company and occasionally for other companies. And depending on what I'm testing, I might need a variety of fabrics. Sure. I might need two different kinds to test two different styles. And so it's important to have that because I don't have time to order fabric and get it here by the time the test starts. Between the tester call and the time the test starts, I don't have time for that. Right. And we don't have an awesome fabric store in Tulsa that I can go to and get reasonably priced fabric. Right. Locally. So what I was going to say is that, you know, the difference between like let's go into my hobbies for a half second. Um so I have a whole lot of woodworking equipment that I do basically nothing with because I work too much. Right. Um but with that in mind, I don't um, like I decide on the project, I have to go buy the wood. I try to buy exactly what I need and I kind of, you know, make it out of that if I can. And when you're talking about like, oh, I have this, you know, all this fabric just in case I get a pattern. 
Like, if I was to have all this extra wood just in case, it would take out so much more space. So, how I look at it is like this is stuff. But then you'd be ready for all the projects. Sure. This is all stuff (laughs) just in case you need it. Whereas I'm more of a uh, when I need it, I go buy it. Yeah, because you can go to Lowe's and get it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I can't go. Joanne Fabrics is mediocre. They're overpriced. I did I show you? No, I showed my mom. Hmm. So I guess you're good. That uh, Walmart, a lot of Walmarts sold their bolts of fabric and went to pre-cut smaller amounts of fabric. Mm-mm. I didn't see it. So Joanne apparently mm-hmm. bought these bolts of fabric from Walmart, and they put their joanne sticker over it so you can see the walmart price of 5.97 and they put it for like and 12 then the joanne price of like 12.99 yeah. like oh my gosh yeah i believe it i mean i get it because they're always running sales just like hobby lobby exactly there's always sales and there's always that 40 to 50 percent off coupon and i'm like i would rather have reasonably priced i would i right. go to walmart all the time for reasonably priced because stuff, yeah. it's reasonably priced mm-hmm. and i don't have to wait for a sale I don't have to, you know, I'm going to get a good price overall on my whole ticket. And you don't versus... have to pull out a coupon yeah. all the time, right? And and I mean, I would like to start getting into couponing, but that's a different story for a different day. For sure. And different. a different project for a different <laughs> day. Right, exactly. <laughs> a different project for a different year, probably. So let's let's move into your, your sewing thing a little bit. So obviously you have... Four machines that I know of. You I've, have this one. Well, I one. have three that I use regularly. Right. I have a backup one that I'm actually wanting to sell. Is and that I've the had baby few, lock or whatever? Um, I have two baby locks. One. <laughs> well, one was All one right. was the one that uh, Grandma had. Okay. Um, and so right. I got that one, and it's a really basic machine. So I mean, it would be. It'll be good, like, if my Berninas need to go to the shop. So, sure. And I need to sew, you know. Um, but this other one, I actually want to sell, but I can't find the power cord or the pedal. Sure. I have to find that before I can sell it. So let's talk generally on what these machines are and, and kind of what they do. So you have a actual sewing machine, a serger, and then what's the other one? cover stitch a cover stitch yeah so sewing machine i think everybody understands it literally just is hook and loop um you know straight sewing Uh, so i mean yes what's the difference between that and a serger so a serger trims the fabric as well i mean it has the option to trim the fabric and it finishes the edges okay so a lot of knit fabrics those are your stretchy fabrics Mm -hmm. they don't usually need the edges to be finished because they're not going to fray. Right. But woven fabrics like, um, you know, I don't know, dress Jean shirts, material. jeans, yeah. you know, anything that's not stretchy, it frays usually. So you have to finish the edge with like pinking shears, which those are the like, uh, tri- I don't I'm Wavy? <laughs> then, uh, yeah, wavy, but sharp wavy. <laughs> sharp tooth? <laughs> sure. Okay, sure, whatever. Um, (laughs) That um, those those will kind of finish the edge. Okay. um, And then you also have the option if you're using like a sewing machine, you can you can do a just a a zigzag stitch. Okay. To finish the edges. Right. Um, Which is just at the edge, right? It's at the very edge, and that's so it doesn't fray. Gotcha. And. So the serger just finishes the edges and it trims away the excess fabric because when you're sewing a pattern, mm-hmm. different patterns have a different seam allowance. And so that is how far over from the cut edge you're going to be sewing. Okay. So some patterns are a quarter inch and some are a half inch. Right. And so it's if you need to make alterations or something, right? Yeah. So, you know, using a serger, it, I don't need a half inch because it's a waste of fabric. Sure. I'm already trimming all that off. And with a sewing machine, though, you know, it would be good if you were going to be letting needing to let some out or something like that. It might be good if you're making your first one Mm -hmm. and, you know, with that pattern, that way you can see how it fits and you can make changes and then go from there. 
the next time. But okay. So what's the difference between a sewing machine and a cover stitch then? Okay, so the cover stitch has, it's just, it's basically just for hemming. I mean, that's okay. that's all I really use it for is hemming. Now, you can use, it does, it does up to three needles. Okay. So you can have, so the finished edge on most of your shirt, ready to wear, the things that you buy Anything, in the store. Right. Um, you know, it's got that two needle thing and then it's got the, um, I don't think anybody has any idea of what, what okay. any of that means because uh, I don't. Well. So, okay. <laughs> so when you're talking about two needle versus three needle or whatever, really you're talking about just a two different rows of, of stitching. stitching. Yeah. And Correct. then the, okay. and then on the other side, all the thread that's going between them. So there's okay. like that really wavy pattern, you know? Right, right, right. And so the three needle is just, it's extra, it's a little more reinforced. Okay. So that's good for like workout wear, dance wear, stuff so like that. So if I was going to go buy a shirt and mm -hmm. I saw that it had three lines running through the edges versus two, mm -hmm. I would know that that's going to last a little longer, most likely. Um, Not necessarily that okay. it's going to last longer, but that it can probably take a little more stretching. Okay. It can take a little more action. Gotcha. So So it's um, a little more not so much durable, just a little bit more uh ability to move. I right? Guess. If if I have active wear, I want to yeah. see three lines. Yeah. Okay. Easy so enough. then um you can do what's called a reverse cover stitch. A lot of active wear has mm -hmm. A, right where it's on the outside either a double or a reverse a lot of them are a double but there's only one company that makes a double cover stitch mm -hmm. and it's not really that high quality of a machine right. so i wouldn't even go buy it okay <laughs> but so let, let's keep moving through then so you have those three machines yes. and then you have your one backup yes and the backup is what? Is it just a basic level it's, sewing it's, machine? Yes. It is a basic level mechanical. So it has, instead of having a keypad to be able to choose lots of different mm -hmm. stitches and things like that, it has dials to, okay. to adjust the tension. So it was, I mean, it's a $100 basic level machine, which right. if, if you ever look into baby locks, you will know that they go up into the multiple thousands of dollars. Sure. Like the serger that I really, really right. want. So it's kind of like the, uh, <laughs> if you have a Lexus and then you have that really, really low end Lexus or like um, Mercedes where it's like, no. oh, you could have a 720, blah, blah, blah. Or you could get a I guess, 200 Because series. Baby Lock is like the Mercedes of, or, right. Yeah. But they have that one Mercedes that's like a 200 the SL. One. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, where it's like, oh, yes. yeah, brand new. This thing's like $22,000, right. right, compared to, you know, $70,000. Yes. Right, okay. Yes. So your main hobby then, really, most of the time, it, I say hobby, I guess, kind of loosely on that, though, because you do it so, one, you have clothes that fit the way you like. Correct. Two, you really enjoy doing it. Oh, so much. It, it definitely, sewing has done... A lot of things for me since I had babies and started sewing clothes. So I started sewing clothes because I didn't really have anything that wasn't maternity. And I had bought a couple of things mm -hmm. at a store that I loved pre-babies. And I didn't really like the way that they fit. I was uncomfortable in clothes in my mom body and... So I thought, you know, what the heck, I'll give it a try. Sure. I had made a skirt one time like 12 years ago and it did not work out well. Mm -hmm. And so I thought clothing was just not going to be for me. Sure. And then my mom has been sewing clothing for several years. And so I finally just tried it. And so I, I let's talk about the uh, you and I had this conversation, you know, a couple of days ago that I was watching you sew and it's not something that I feel I could get into, not because, like, it's that whole guys don't sew. Like, uh, my buddy Wendell made the uh, girls, you know, that uh, quilt, you know, right. not too long ago because he really enjoys it. So, you know, I know guys that absolutely do enjoy mm -hmm. it. There's and, a man in my one of my fabric, my mm -hmm. oh, well, the only fabric testing group I'm in. Well, And, and then, he sews for his family. Right. And then there's that uh, leather shop that's here in Tulsa that mm -hmm. we did the... Uh, 
um, all of our, our leathers from that, right. that he does all the sewing and all that. So I don't think sewing is specifically a female art form or anything like that. But there is a certain um, minutia thing that I'm not a big fan of. I'm more like I like the technical aspects. I like to know how the machines work. I like to see them in action. God, I hate that part. But I know that's probably why we work together. Uh, but actually sewing something, I don't think is in my wheelhouse because watching you do it, um, it's not that I get bored from it. It's I realize like that is very very small focus the entire time. Like it, it's just really really. Uh, intense small sections constantly. But um, that's what I'm good at. Right. You and know, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, yeah. like cleaning and stuff. I'm good at, I'm very, very detail oriented in right. general, it, just in life. Sure. You're very good at big picture. I am very good at small picture. Right, right. Like I will clean a room, you will clean a toaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it will sparkle like new. Yes, right, right. <laughs> so when you're talking about sewing and you've got these people that uh, now are listening in what do you think if somebody's never sewn before what advice would you give them like just do it well yeah but like is it really you know focus on making sure the machine is set up and making sure that you have this pattern and you have this or you have this or is it like, look, just come up with something and see what happens? Because there's a creativity that comes with it, but you really need a structure to that creativity. So what is well, it that, that really makes it work? So, I mean, some people are skilled at just making something out yeah. of nothing. Yeah, for sure. I'm not one of those people. I like to have a pattern. Right, a plan. To use, and I like to use that pattern to cut up my fabric and then I sew it together. Some people can make their own patterns. I'm not skilled in that department. Okay. I I don't like to try to make a pattern off of something else. I like to have a printed pattern that I can trace onto tissue paper and I can use that on my, you know, to lay out on top mm -hmm. of my fabric and go from there. Um, I've tried to use a shirt to make a pattern before and it didn't work well. And maybe I just need more practice at that. But I'm just going to, I mean, I have lots of patterns to choose from already. Right. So <laughs> Only a couple. I'm just going to so keep going with that. What advice do you give to somebody now that you understand the question? What I was asking. Well, really, I mean, I would say if you don't already have a sewing machine, go to a dealer and try them out. Okay. Because my experience changed night and day. From when I was using, I was super appreciative that my grandmother had bought me a sewing machine and I used it for a really long time. Right. But my sewing experience changed night and day from when I went from using that machine to my Bernina. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference between, you know, driving a beat up Corolla and then jumping into a Mustang and being like, oh, yeah, this car is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, if you have a Corolla, it gets you to and from, and it's reliable, and you know it's easy it to might work make on. You and angry. yeah, right. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm working on it every third day. Cool, yeah. but it still gets you where you need to go. So I think that you know, if I was going to give advice to a husband listening in on this one about a wife trying to do it, you know, don't stifle the creativity, but. You know, put limits on things because it'll go nuts with it. If you oh my don't. god, don't put limits. Put limits no, on it because that, no, make that's them pay not for even... it themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we we Heads smartly up. had a, uh, a a a fun budget that we haven't mm -hmm. stuck to. Nope. Um, and so we need to get back to that. We need yep. to do a budget on one of these podcasts pretty soon for sure. Um. But yeah, I just, you know, just do it. I was scared for so long. Right. And I see so many people in my groups on Facebook that, you know, they post and they say, I'm scared, but I think I'm just, you know, what can I, how can I just get into it? And I'm just, I mean, that's all I can say is just do it. Just For sure. You know, I've got some really great online fabric shops that I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just buy some fabric and just make something. Because okay. you can only... That's really the best way to figure it out is just to keep making things, you know. For sure. My sewing 
has improved drastically. Oh yeah. From you know two years ago. I mean, I I would be comfortable professionally selling my clothes at this point. Two years ago, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're so, kind of falling apart now. <laughs> so we've talked about sewing for a while. Let's talk about the other hobbies. And I say it's still a hobby at this point because they're not even in the ground because you're going to blame me for this one. Um, oh, we're going to go to gardening we're first? Gonna, I mean, we're going to go gardening next. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to go to the worms first. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> worms or kombucha or um, the kefir. milk thing. Kefir. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a billion things. Um no, I was going to go into the gardening thing because previously I'd built you a couple gardens and you got to use it for basically a season, mm-hmm. um, kind of get a feel for whatever, and that was at the other house. Um, and you had tomatoes, we had a few different other things that were mixed in there. There was okra, there was, um, you know, um, what else was in there? There was one cucumber plant that yeah. survived. There were a couple of carrots that survived. Carrots, yep, yep, yep. There were there was one banana pepper that was hiding and so what happened last mm-hmm. year with these guard this garden bed that brandon built was we built it and then a couple weeks later we went to colorado right so we're gone for three months mm-hmm. and we come back and i'm expecting the entire bed to just be dead for sure it's not two tomato plants were thriving they're going they, nuts now they were yeah. not caged yet so, because they were tiny, so I had yeah. to put the cages up. And so, they were just sprawled on the ground, which is how they naturally grow. Right. And, you know, something that I don't know if everybody knows, I don't know if everybody cares, but I thought it was really interesting is that tomatoes, all those little nubs you see, mm-hmm. those shoot out roots. Those will shoot out roots. Right. And so, I... Yeah, it's more of a vine kind of look yeah. to it. Yeah. Not, not quite vine in, in action, but pretty close yeah it is and so um so they'll just grow along the ground right but you know your fruit is more likely to be damaged and you know rot and things like that Mm -hmm. if you just let it climb on the ground so anyway um yeah so there were two tomato plants and then there was a banana pepper that was hiding under one of the tomatoes Mm -hmm. so it was pretty stunted and it only ever grew a couple of banana peppers and And then we had three okra plants. Yeah, that went pretty good. That was all. Yeah, they were pretty good. So we did that. And then they, uh, you know, offered me a job over here in Tulsa and we accepted. And then we dug up all of your plants and put them into a U Haul with Mm -hmm. our furniture. And you guys can probably hear a little bit of saltiness in my voice. Can you hear how much Brandon loves me? Yeah, it was very (laughs) salty. Like, I moved dirt for her. All right? Cross state lines. Like, what the F, man? Well, because we had already put so much money into this. Sure. I I had spent, I mean, I'd already bought these plants before we ever knew this was happening and spent hundreds of dollars on plants. Right. I'm not going to let that die. Right. The people that were buying our house weren't going to keep up the garden. Right. That's what they said. Now, if they would have, I would have left the plants there. Sure. I would have, (laughs) but but I couldn't let them die. So let's talk a little bit more about where we are and kind of what your plan is. So we have, I would guesstimate about 20 bags of plants. And I Mm -hmm. say bags. She bought these, um, I don't even know what they're called. They're called grow bags. Grow bags. They're basically little um, spots where you can put in the dirt in the plant or whatever, and it allows water to seep through still. Yeah, it's a fabric bag. It's a a non-woven fabric bag. Right. And so that way you can, you know, kind of grow plants wherever. You could grow them without, you know, actually having the clay pots or having the actual garden beds or whatever. You can pretty much grow them anywhere. Yeah, it's a a container garden. And it's nice because, you know, it, it makes them movable. So... If you wanted to... Quite literally, you have to move them every time I mow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I can't keep them on the patio because it's not sunny enough. Right. And when we take that tree out, there's a tree that was planted literally a foot from the foundation, which Mm -hmm. it's the garage foundation, but still it's the foundation. Still noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to have to take that out. But well, really, we just need to cut it down to the base, and it'll die. So it's fine. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. But anyways, back to the uh, point. So let's talk gardening, why you want to do it, and kind of uh, what your plan is with it. So gardening, where we are now, we have several plants that are doing okay. We didn't trim them properly because time and babies and work and everything They're else. not even planted properly, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have a plan to try and get them into a garden bed. But once again, no. time and work and babies. No, those are all staying. Oh, are they? Those are all staying in their pots because I think that they would have too much shock from being moved sure. a second time, especially at this point in their production. Right. They're all doing okay. Um, there's one that your dad actually asked me a few days ago, mm. oh, are those supposed to be yellow? And I said, no. What is it? The one of the tomato plants. Oh, okay. It's a lemon boy. I totally forgot that I, I planted it. That is. They're yellow tomatoes. Oh. So, and they're a little, there's a little bit of a lemony flavor. I just opened one today. There's another one. Opened it like a present? <laughs> yeah, I just cut it open today. And so there's another one. So you can hmm. try it tomorrow too. Okay. But, uh. Yeah, the girls and I tried that today. So right. these so are all staying in the containers. And then from there, I bought a bunch of seeds. Right. And some of those are for fall planting. So some of those I'm actually going to need to start inside. But then some of them I can start outside. And some right. of them, you know, we live in in Oklahoma. So we actually have a second planting season in the summer. Right. So after it gets ridiculously hot, it kind of cools off, and then you plant. Well, no, you actually plant now when it's really hot, and so it helps the germination. Interesting. And then it cools off, and that helps keep some of the the bugs and the sure. pests away. Sure. So a lot of them can thrive even more. So I want to garden for a lot of reasons, I guess. I like the idea that, you know, I can know exactly where my food came from. Yeah, well, for it came sure. from my backyard. Yeah. Convenience of not having to go buy it. Um, you know, it's enjoyable to me. Right. It's I mean, I I love being outside. I think I told you a few days ago mm-hmm. I stopped I stopped going outside for a while. Right. I, well, the morning know, you were talking about. Yeah, I don't know what's been going on with me lately. I mean I I do know what's been going on with me lately, I think, but I just have not been going outside as much, right. and it, my days start better when I start, go better when I start my day outside. For sure. So the uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about the the target for the long term here. So you've you've got all these plants out there, and then you know there's a really heavy push for me to make more beds, which is totally fine. And then did you get those cattle panels the other day? I got one. You got one. Um, yeah, and I realize now that I should have gotten at least two. Okay. So cattle panels she's going to use basically as a... Uh, a trellis. A, a trellis, yeah. Yeah. So, so what what is the what is your end goal? Like 100% sustainability within this little bit of yard, or what's going on? Uh, No, I don't think we'll... I, I don't think we could be 100% sustainable in this yard because I don't enjoy being a vegetarian sure i mean we got the chicken thing that you want to do as well yeah but just for eggs i don't think i don't think we have the space i i mean maybe if the whole front yard was a garden and we used like half the backyard for chickens but i don't i don't think i want to try to raise meat chickens here sure so Anyway, I I would like to be able to grow the majority of our fruits and vegetables. I would love, love, love to have our own tomatoes canned. I would love to not have to buy tomatoes from the store. Right. That is that is actually a real a real goal of mine. Okay. That I think is very uh, achievable. So. So roughly speaking, in order to do that, how many how many tomato plants would you expect if you properly trimmed them and all the other stuff? Because, I mean, you know, they grow more if you prune them properly, right? Right. And, yeah, so I've been doing a lot more reading and watching various YouTubers mm-hmm. that have successful gardens. And that's where I learned about this cattle panel trellising. So you have the cattle panels vertically so i'm gonna have so we've got some two by 12 um eight foot long boards right that we had brought from the other house and so 
I went ahead and got an eight foot cattle panel. That way it's just the length. It's going to be the length of that bed. I can just pop it in there. Right. And so what's going to happen trellised. is we'll have a four foot by eight foot bed with right. a trellis. Right. right. And so it'll be vertical um, so that I can tie my tomatoes and cucumbers up to it, which right. I started a couple of small plants inside a couple of cherry tomatoes and a couple of cucumber plants yeah. and one of those cucumbers is really really thriving yeah and it's probably killing out the other one i really need to get them separated sure and but it's starting it's shot up its first little climber thing mm-hmm. and i don't even know what they're called i probably should know that sure but it's it's trying to climb and there's nothing for it to climb so you sound sad on that one. It is it's so, so sad. sad. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So I need to get that in the ground. And then I also have a couple. I only have one pole bean. So there are two different kinds of beans you can buy. Okay. Like green beans, you know, that you eat. Um, so you have a pole bean. So there's a pole bean. It's a dragon tongue. So it's like purple and yellow. Is that the one I've seen the video that actually spins until it finds a... Um... No. Okay. No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think so, okay. but no. So It's a vining plant that spins until it finds... It? Yeah. Huh. It like, so it'll go up, but it'll just continue to spin circles at the tip, and the you know longer it gets until it finds something to vine, like to, to climb. I mean, they generally just kind of do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the vining things. Sure, yeah, but this one is a, like, vertical until it finds it kind mm. of thing. Interesting. I don't know, because I've never seen it. Fair. So, uh, So it turns, these these pods turn green when you cook them. But okay. when they're raw, they're purple and, and Right, you like mentioned yellow. that, right. And so I thought the girls would really love that. So those are climbing bean. And then I bought two bush beans. And I actually want to plant those in the front yard, I think. Right. So I'd really like to do a front yard garden with vegetables. So I've seen this in a couple of different places on YouTube. And, you know, we've talked about doing some YouTube videos and stuff. And I feel like that would be something good to show because I haven't found a lot of great information on it. I found a couple people, but not... Not a whole plethora, you know, like you would expect for anything. So, so I would like to have beautiful things in the front that also produce food for our family. Fair enough. So I figure, you know, purple bean pods are going to be something beautiful and unique that people might stop and look at. Possibly, yeah, for sure. (laughs) And then, um, you know, in the back, I want to have a lot of tomato plants. And I've got two different varieties. I've got an opalka and an Amish paste. And those okay, are both. So alpaca Amish. Opalka. <laughs> What's an opalka? It's, it's, it's a paste tomato. Oh, it's a tomato plant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a tomato plant. It's, it's an opalka. So O-P-A-L-K-A, I believe. Sure. And the Amish paste, and those are both tomato, uh, like paste tomatoes. So those are good for canning and gotcha. good for sauces and okay. and stuff like that. So then, <clears throat> so my goal is to have several of those and try to get a really good harvest and be able to put some stuff up for the winter. Okay. And then, um, I think we decided to go ahead and wait until spring, probably, to get chicks baby chicks i don't think there was a we there i think it was you that decided that probably i said hey uh whenever you're ready you can get chickens and she goes (gasps) (laughs) so when they're little it's best to keep them in a very very controlled environment right and so i would like to keep them in the garage for that instead of in the house and our garage currently needs to be some of it put away and some of it thrown away and some of it garage sale and pretty much anything that you can do with stuff in your garage needs to happen yeah yeah because there's nowhere to do stuff in our garage right right now like it's just full of you know part of it for that is really interesting is that you know you you think you need all this stuff until you move into a house that has a less storage space and then Mm -mm. no this house has more storage space Mm, i disagree Really? Yeah, because that the garage was decently open at the other house. 
there was more stuff for or more places for things to hide inside the house. There are less places for it now. Um, we even have an extra bedroom, and there's still nowhere to put a lot of that stuff because our kitchen was bigger both previous houses and things like that. That's true. The kitchen was yeah, very much the living room was bigger, bigger. at both previous but houses. But this, this house has more bigger. like closet storage. Sure. The only the only thing that had more closet storage at the other house, the at the Arkansas our house, was right. our master closet. Right. But this has more storage throughout the house, except for the kitchen. Yeah. The kitchen is half the size oh yeah yeah that's been really really yeah. hard on us you guys so what <laughs> what the issue is, is that we just have all of this stuff that you know we never we haven't unpacked yet we've been here for a few months now and well, it's and just I mean, there's nowhere to put it well and you haven't been home for us to be able sure, to go through blame me i'm no i'm just i mean i can't it's hard to do with all mm. the babies you know well realistically though there's nowhere to put half that stuff or more Maybe. actually I don't know yet. I don't even know what's out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've had this conversation before is I would be 100% okay with ditching like 90% of our crap and living in a tiny home. And like that is one of those things you're like, I couldn't do it. No, I have anxiety about the size of this house. Yeah. Like I need twice as much space as we have right now. Yeah. Because every time we add space, all we do is put more crap in it. Ugh. I mean, I just, I don't know that I can be a minimalist. I don't I, need minimalist. We just need less stuff there. You have there. to be a minimalist to be in a tiny house. So I'd say there's a scale between minimalist and pack rat. Where do you think uh, you lay? Well, so minimalist is like a one and pack rat is what, a hundred and... A ten. A ten? Yeah. Uh, I'm like a... Okay, wait. <laughs> Hold on. If you can't tell, she's I a good clarify, solid A+. Plus. I want to clarify pack rat versus hoarder. Sure. Yeah, no, hoarder is like a 13 or a 15 on a 10 scale. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm probably a 7.5 or 8. I'm calling it at least an 8. Anyway. Look, I want to throw something away in this room right now. Just let me choose something and throw it away. You can have that pile. No, because it's already in the trash pile. <laughs> it's not. No. Look at this. Yeah. This this is big enough for baby cuffs. See, see how I works? can make I can make a an arm cuff for the baby out of this. Sure. That is big enough. That's big enough for a toddler cuff, actually. So once again, let's move on. Yeah. The. Uh, the difference between us is that, yeah, we, we have a lot of stuff we got to take care of, but... I'm very frugal. I don't necessarily Sometimes. say that it's frugal, though, because there's a lot of cost into what we have. Yeah, it's but... It's not really like, I oh, guess... I got this on such a good deal. It's more of a, we just have junk. But, I mean, no. Mm-hmm. No, because I we were having this conversation a few days ago, or not a long, I don't know, a while ago. Right. About how we do have a lot of stuff, but like most of it gets used. At least, especially the inside stuff that's the inside the house yes. right now. Right. We have a lot of stuff, but it all gets used. It's not like. Right. I agree with what's inside the house gets used. Yes. What is in the garage? If somebody came and stole everything in our garage, other than like a few of the tool things and then a few of the, um, you know, small little pieces and parts, I don't think I'd miss a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta get out there. Mm. Well, I mean, like the the outlet covers, the baby outlet covers. Sure, those were still out there, right? And I finally got those out a few days ago, and thank goodness because freaking today, mm. Evie's like, "Oh, this outlet looks like a great thing to play with." For sure, that's what <laughs> happens. That's why they make those. So, so. Yeah. Your hobbies, what else are we missing? So you've got... So we've talked about sewing. We've talked about gardening. Yeah, what else do you have? We have not talked about my worms yet. Yeah, So, So we moved into this house, and I just wanted to have more projects because, you know, moving into a new house isn't enough of a project, apparently. Or raising children or gardening or sewing. all of the things. I needed more stuff. So the worms actually go with the gardening. Kind of. They do. So, Except they're not in the garden. <laughs> well, no, they're they go with the gardening. I could put them in the garden. Sure, it, 
but you haven't built me a garden. Oh, once again, <laughs> once again, back to my fault. So there's, so you can actually build, they're called worm towers. So it's PVC that you put okay. in the garden okay. and you feed them into this, you know, worm tower. Okay. So I could do that um, if you want to get them out Eventually. of the house. Okay. Yeah. So they're, so I've got their special composting worms that um, they do live naturally in the ground as well, but you can buy them in bulk. And so they're not typical earthworms. Right. They compost your food scraps and things down at a much quicker pace. Right. And so there are a lot of different varieties of worms. I didn't know all of this until the last couple of months. And they all eat different things. So like your typical earthworms, the ones that are like really, really long yeah, and the big ones and fat, you see those are really good at aerating the soil. And I think they eat a lot of dead bugs and whatever. Right. But these composting worms eat food scraps and they turn it into worm castings. Poop. And Yes, worm poop. And that <laughs> is a really great fertilizer for your garden. Okay. So... Um, so I feed this bin, I feed the worms a couple times a week with food scraps. I just keep them in the freezer and then thaw them out before I'm going to feed them. And they, they've been eating it. My, my, um, my bins are started, the soil and stuff in there starting to get sticky, which is a good sign because their castings are a little sticky. Heard that. And so, uh, so I get in there and feed them a couple times a week and make sure their soil is moist. So what's the end goal with these things? So the end goal is for right now, it's to be able to just put those castings into the garden. Okay. So the worms would stay in doing what they're doing and just change soil? Yes. Okay. So when, after a few months when that bin is done, it's when it's all castings then I will sort out all the worms. Okay. So when they're swimming in poop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so then I will sort them all out and put all of that minus a little bit because you want to keep a little bit of their environment. Sure. Um, right. And so then I'll transfer so them to a new right. bin. And then I'll put all that into the garden. And then once I have enough of a population, I mean... I think it would be cool to be able to have like a worm farm for production. Sure. Um, you know, you can sell the worms, you can sell the worm castings because, you know, people want to buy it because it's great fertilizer. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that uh, probably in a year I could do. Okay. Um, you know, worms multiply fairly quickly. So I bought, I started with two pounds of worms. So by next year, that's roughly a pound is roughly a thousand. So by next year, I should have sixteen thousand off of that one pound. So I should have like thirty-two thousand worms if I so how expand. Many pounds of worms is that? Uh, like what thirty-two? Sure. So I'm gonna have thirty pounds of worms in the house because they multiply. Like yeah, they double it. like every yeah. few months. Yeah. So, um, or like every three or four months. Sure. Or so, well, we could move it to the garage, but there's not a lot of space in the garage. So, Surprise. I mean, we could get some shelves, though, and, you know, those, the shallow bins are pretty good right. um, for them. And so. So let's talk your other two projects before we get too wrapped up here, because we're getting close to the end of just you. Um, <laughs> so kefir. Yeah. So kefir. What is so kefir? So the reason, so kefir is a fermented milk product okay so fermented milk includes other things like yogurt and cheeses and kefir are there any other oh i guess i guess those are fermented Mm um i don't know i don't know to be honest fair enough but so i started doing kefir because a chiropractor i saw suggested i started eating more fermented foods okay and you know me i just go all in and i was like okay so kefir's yeah. fermented, kombucha is fermented, sauerkraut is fermented. So I've got some sauerkraut going right now. It's my first batch of sauerkraut ever. Okay. And I did some uh, regular green cabbage. I did some green and red. I did some red cabbage, carrots, and beets. Right. And I don't know. I just 
ended up yeah. mixing everything them all. you possibly did. Yeah. Right. So, so I've got that going right now too. And then the kefir is you've got kefir grains, which are uh, it's a, a bacteria in yeast combination, and right. they you know eat the sugars in milk. Right. So it's basically over twelve to twenty four hours. You leave it in a warm place. Right. And it turns into kefir. It's you start with milk. Right. And you add these grains and you stir it up and then you cover it because you don't want flies in it. Of course. Ugh. Right. And then you put it in a dark, warm place. And in 12 to 24 hours, depending on the temperature, you've got kefir. So then let's talk about kefir a little bit itself because I, like most people, not really a big fan of fermenting milk. Um, what is the flavor of kefir? It's like a yogurt. Okay. It's, it's similar to yogurt. So it's like a thin yogurt. Okay. So when you say thin yogurt mm-hmm. um, and eats the sugars, is it a sweeter kind of version of it or is it kind of no, more the bitter it's side? it's sour. Sour, okay. It's sour and I don't really love it. Um, it's, you know that like film and mm-hmm. flavor that yogurt has? It has that, and that's why I don't love yogurt, and it's why I don't love kefir, but kefir is good for you, and so I'm really trying to get on the kefir train and drink it, drink it, drink it. I strain it out, actually, through a couple of layers of flour sack towel sure. and turn it into a thicker product for yogurt, and okay. the girls love it. So you have kefir yogurt, and what about the mm-hmm. other half? Do you do anything with it? The, the... the whey? Sure. So... I give Layla the way a lot, actually. Okay. It's, like, good for a coat <laughs> yeah, or something? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good for a tummy. It's got probiotics. Uh, Kefir right. actually has, I don't remember how many, but it's got so many more probiotics and bacteria, good bacteria, than yogurt. You know, yogurt has, like, six, and Kefir has at least 28 or something like that. So it's just it's just a, a better option, and, um, and I really, it's good sweetened with honey and with some fruit added as a drink, like turn right. it into a smoothie basically. Um, but, you know, then you're getting extra protein and then you're also getting all those extra good bacteria versus if you were to use, you know, just coconut milk or just sure. regular milk or, you know, whatever. Okay. So so then you have kefir, which is soured milk, and then you have kombucha, which is basically soured tea, right? Right. Okay. So I'm seeing this. this... So is beer soured malt? No. Why? So there's actually soured malt. It's called kettle souring. Oh. Um, and there are sour beers that are in that, that same boat. Right. The difference between the yeast that I use for beer and the yeast that you use for your stuff, mine don't sour it. Mine are actually do not include uh, Britannomyces or um, whatever the other one is off the top of my head. I can't remember. Um, but Britannomyces are the ones that actually sour it versus mm-hmm. you only want those in soured beer. Mm-hmm. So mine actually are, you know, just straight yeast cultures that are made for only eating sugar, not changing profile a whole lot. Now, Belgian ones change profile, things like that. But most of the time, it's it's pretty direct, just sugared alcohol, move on. So you're not saying soured product as a rude remark. No, no. It's legitimately it's sour. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Legitimately Well, because factual. when I think of soured milk, I think of milk that has gone bad. Milk sure. or maybe even like buttermilk, you know. And like, you know, again, it, it starts out as milk and it ends up being more sour version of milk. Right, but it's a cultured product. It's done on purpose rather sure. than just gone bad, you know. Right, right. It's it's soured on purpose, right. Yeah. Yeah. So kombucha is a, it's a fermented tea. Um, you know, you can use different kinds of tea. I've currently only made it with black tea and I have a big box of black tea, so I'm going to use all that. Right, right. Might as well. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I've done a gallon at a time and then, so you ferment it for, you know, a few days first in one container and you do that with a SCOBY, which is a symbiotic culture. mother. Yeah, the mother, the symbiotic culture of yeast and bacteria, or bacteria and yeast, I guess. And it's 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 a really weird looking thing. Um, and I actually had a batch that I was brewing in the closet, and then I was cleaning out the closet so that I could 
use it for some pantry space because we had like a bunch of empty bottles and stuff in there that didn't really need to be in there. That's an easily accessible area. Right. So I'm moving stuff out of there and a bottle fell and broke the glass that held my spigot yeah. on my other brewing vessel. So I had to scratch all of that kombucha and... Fermenting vessel. Right. I said ferment... I don't... What did I say? Brewing. Brewing vessel. Oh, yeah. Fermenting vessel. Gotcha. Really, it was just one of those gallon drink dispensers mm-hmm. from Walmart that was I found for a dollar last year on clearance. Woo! And... Hey, it's a good deal. Yeah. But uh, they're obviously not that great. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they're not designed for that, though. Like... True. They're not designed to be, like, busted right. with a, another bottle. Like, this so... didn't take the glass-to-glass <laughs> shock as well as I expected for a dollar. Right. Come on. So they... Uh, Fake yeah. outrage. So I, I did keep my scobies from that. I didn't keep them to use. Okay. For kombucha, because I'm afraid maybe glass got in there, or you know, I left the thing in the sink, and so who knows? Sure. But I did keep them because supposedly they're really good for vegetables. So I'm actually going to put those scobies in the ground when I plant. So, and and I haven't looked into it very hard. So a scoby or a mother mm-hmm. um, is kind of a. I don't want to say sponge-like. It's not spongy. It's like a gel. It's like a jelly material. It's like yeah, but it's thick and it has like it can be scooped out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like so, a, it looks like jellyfish. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that thing, mm-hmm. I guess, is the right word for it. Um, you basically can use it between different batches, right? Yeah, you can keep using it, and it actually produces a new like layer every time okay so it produces a new scoby every time which is great because you can use that you know for more layers you can share it you can plant it you can give it to your dog you know just whatever anything you need to use yeah, it for. yeah. um you know sell them so where did you get your first one because i remember you and i talked about this finding a scoby was actually decently difficult um at at the place we were at previously in Arkansas. Like, they had them, but they were, like, $30 Mm -hmm. a SCOBY or something. Well, and that actually was when I was looking for a SCOBY for vinegar. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was wanting to make apple cider vinegar. Because it's decently the same process, right? It is. Um, So, there, I, so, I was just going to totally make it from scratch. So, I had saved up a whole bunch of apple cores from Mm -hmm. making applesauce, and I put them in, you know, the water, and then I didn't have them weighed down enough. Okay. So they it ended up getting moldy. Right. And but with a mother, you know, you can put that in, and it it just helps. It helps form a um, top layer. A top layer to mm-hmm. keep it, you know, um, from getting too much oxygen because fermentation is an anaerobic process. Right. And so you want to keep the oxygen out. And the the mothers for that, yeah, in Arkansas, it was it was like thirty dollars and right. I was not gonna spend that. So where did you end up getting vinegar. this one from? So this one I actually got from a girl that was selling the kefir grains on Facebook. Okay. And so I you were said, just like, hey, hey you got any scobies? Yeah, I, I, I thought, well, you know, if she's fermenting milk, maybe she makes kombucha. Uh, right. And so I just asked Legit, her about yeah. it. And she had one, and she went ahead and threw it in there for me, just, um, you know. Right. She's like, hey, I got you. Yeah, and and some starter tea, because you're supposed to have starter tea as well, some some kombucha that's already made. Right. And that just helps, you know, kickstart the process and get all the right bacteria and everything in there. And it worked out really well that she did that for me, because, a, I don't know, a couple weeks later... She actually ended up needing some kefir grains back. For sure. Because she accidentally smoothied all of hers. Oh, yeah. And so I gave her her jar back because she'd given me a really awesome mason jar right. with the tea and the scoby. And so. Yeah, okay, here you go. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And so, like, she and I, I mean, we've, we talk occasionally and, you know, so. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. She does a lot of fermenting. Heard. 
Okay, so to wrap up, let's talk just generally about, you know, kind of your day as a whole. So you've got sewing projects, garden projects, kefir projects, projects on uh, um, just everything under the sun, raising children, um, trying to balance out just basic life as well. What advice do you give to somebody who doesn't feel they have time? Because I feel that you do a whole lot of stuff that you don't have time for. So what what is the balance? How do you make this work? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so the kefir is a really quick thing. You know, all I have to do is strain it once a day and then add it back into another jar, make sure there aren't too many grains in there because if you have too many, right. it's going to ferment too quickly and that'll be a disaster. Yeah, for sure. And so I separate them out. If I have any extras, I just put them in a baggie in the fridge to, you know, chill. And um, I'm actually hoping to, I can't find the laws. So if anybody knows the laws about selling kefir grains in Oklahoma, please share. Um, Yeah, do it until somebody says stop. Well, I'm hoping to sell them in a farmer's market stall. Hmm. So, and it's an indoor one and it has refrigeration space and I need to go down there and talk to her maybe tomorrow if they're open. Once again, adding more stuff onto the projects. Well, it's the things that it's, I'm already doing it. So, you know, I mean, I've got a bunch, I I just had to go through and like re give them some new milk because I've got all these in the fridge that I need that are just hanging out and I had to feed them. (laughs) So I'm hoping that I can sell them, you know. I mean, I would like to make some spending money for, you know, more fabric. Right. Um, Or not. Date nights. Yeah, let's do that. Date nights. So speaking of date nights, Hmm. we had our first date night in a A year or two. And on my birthday, and we've decided, or I decided at least, that we're going to do this at least once a month because sure. it was very rejuvenating to get away from, mm-hmm. you know, I don't ever get away from all three kids. So I'm going to refocus you and we're okay. going to wrap this episode. But okay. next episode, we can talk date nights, relationship advice, and whatever else we may go into that. But okay. back to the advice so for somebody who doesn't have time to do things. So the keeper just doesn't take any time. I mean, it just doesn't. Okay. It takes like five minutes total right. in a day. So that's fine. That's easy. Kombucha doesn't take that much time. You brew your tea, you add your, you know, you got to let it cool all, you know, just till it's cool. And then you add your stuff and then you throw it in the closet for several days and then check it. And then you have to bottle it, which bottling it and adding the flavor takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But then you let it sit for a few more days. And so it's not something that's an everyday thing. And then the sewing, I just do a little bit at a time. Right. You know, like uh, there's a project that's sitting in front of me right now that I already had the pattern printed. So I just had to trace it. So that was basically one day tracing it and cutting the pattern out for the girls. And then cutting the fabric out is basically another day. And then I'll start sewing it and I'll probably get all my seams sewn one day and then I'll do my hemming the next day right so So, i mean it takes me four days i was gonna say let's quantify that though so when you say day you really mean like hour because like you know babies are in bed or i'm doing this or i've got this going on like how long do these steps take for a day because it's not eight hours of working on it it's not eight hours of working on it it's probably like a solid hour but it's spread out throughout the day so i mean i literally will cut you know like a piece of fabric out like one part of the thing and then a kid is screaming right somebody bit somebody somebody pushed somebody somebody's trying to kill i mean like we're in this phase right now where Mm -hmm. somebody is always trying to kill somebody it seems so i mean everything no matter what it is that i'm doing it's very chopped up right i have about five seconds to do anything at one time before you know i gotta go quell a fight so um. Oh, let's Back see. to the original point. What else is there? How gardening. Is yeah. So the gardening, I just go. I try to go out there in the morning. Usually, it's just one baby that's awake, and she'll play in the playroom for a little while, 
And so I'll just pop her in the playroom and then go outside and water the garden and check it. And sometimes after the other two wake up, we might go out there because, you know, if I let them play in the morning, that seems to just really make everybody's day better to just be out there. So, I mean, really, it's I mean, that takes a little bit of time because I have to water everything by hand right now. Um, We have a soaker hose, but I can't do that in the container garden. So once we have stuff in the ground, I want to get drip irrigation going. That way I can just go turn on the thing and then it waters itself. Right. And then I can focus on doing other things. You know, I can be I can be harvesting things while it's watering so that I'm not having to sit there and hold it. So let's go ahead and I'm just going to quantify the day then to get all this stuff done. So it's it's a (sighs) lot of series of small little sections. Yes. So it's five minutes here, five Mm -hmm. minutes there. And instead of you know, just sitting around and doing nothing for five minutes, take that rein, you know, invest it into something. And as long as you can do that a little bit at a time, you can accomplish a decent amount of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I do accomplish a decent amount of stuff every day. I, I really feel like I do not accomplish anything all day, every day. Well, you get a lot done, but it's a lot of little things. So it's right. really hard to say like, Oh, you know, I didn't move a house, but I did move three bricks. And if you move three bricks every day, you move a house eventually. Yeah, except if that house is laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the bricks just keep coming back to where yeah, you started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, somebody's always throwing more bricks right. on your pile. <laughs> Sweet. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap. And, uh, you know, hopefully some other day we'll talk about anything that I have going on because uh, that's all just Vanessa's projects because uh, she's got a lot going on all the time. Yeah, apparently. Man, when you say it like all that. <laughs> I mean, listen, it took you an hour and you still have a lot you want to talk about. All right. True. So uh, with that in mind, thank you very much for listening. Once again, this is uh, Oklahoma Life uh, with the Oklahoma Wife on the far end. And uh, if you haven't had the chance, go out and check out our Patreon.com slash Oklahoma Life. We'd really appreciate it. And you all have yourselves a fantastic day. Bye, y'all.